Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. show i'll be bringing you brand new mind-blowing content news exercises and weird experiments you can do at home and a lot more on this edition of the program strange holiday tales my favorite ghost story if you will is also my favorite christmas story it's the one you probably see or hear about every year it's called a christmas carol by Charles Dickens, published in 1843. The miserly old Ebenezer Scrooge is visited on Christmas Eve by the miserable ghost of his old business partner, followed by three spirits, and they each teach him life-changing lessons before he dies, and it's too late to save his own soul. It is a powerful story, and I definitely, personally believe in the lessons. And around this time each year, I like to remind people that the character Ebenezer Scrooge was based on a real man. His name was John Elwes. John Elwes was born in Southwark, England on April the 7th, of 1714, and he died on November 26th of 1789 at the age of 75. His father was a successful brewer, and his father's father was a member of parliament. His mother was the daughter of a wealthy English baronet, Sir Gervais, and his mother's mother, Lady Isabella, happened to be a famous miser herself. So as a young man, he received a good education in the classics at the Westminster School, and then he traveled some in Europe to study horsemanship. Uh, in Geneva, Switzerland, he was even introduced to Voltaire, the famous French writer. Now, John Elwes had already inherited his first fortune at the age of four when his father died. His mother was left the equivalent of nearly $10 million in today's money, but they say she starved herself to death because she was too cheap to spend it. And so when she died, he inherited the vast family estate spanning numerous properties. But an even bigger inheritance came when his uncle died, Sir Hervey. Uh, now, Sir Hervey prided himself on only spending 
a little more than 110 pounds on himself per year. So John Elwes and his uncle would often spend the evening by a cheap candle railing against other people's extravagances while they shared, shared a single glass of wine. And when his uncle died in 1763, the 49-year-old John Elwes inherited about $20 million in today's money, but that fortune would just continue to grow over the years due to his various businesses. In fact, when, uh, let's see, in 1772, when he was 58 years old, with the help of a friend named Lord Craven, John Elwes became a member of Parliament himself for practically no election expenditure. They say that Elwes sat with either party according to his whim, and he never once rose to address the House of Commons. Never. Fellow members mockingly observed that since he possessed only one suit, they could never accuse him of being a turncoat. Being a member of Parliament did, uh, however, cause Elwes to frequently travel to Westminster, and he made this journey on a poor old lean horse, the route chosen always being the one whereby he could avoid turnpike tolls. And he was known to put a hard-boiled egg in his pocket, and midway on his journey, he would sit under some hedge and eat his egg or sleep. And after 12 years of this, he retired rather than face the prospect of laying out any money to retain his seat. Uh, throughout his adulthood, he was truly one of England's most famous misers. He went to bed when darkness fell so as to save on candles. He began wearing only ragged clothes, including a beggar's cast-off wig he found in a hedge, and he wore that for two weeks. His clothes were so dilapidated that many mistook him for a common street beggar, and they'd put a penny into his hand as they passed. To avoid paying for a coach, he would walk in the rain and then sit in wet clothes to save the cost of a fire to dry them. His house was, was full of expensive furniture, but also molding food. And listen to this. He would eat putrefied game before allowing new food to be bought. On one occasion, it was said that he ate a moorhen. Now, that's a bird that floats on the water like a duck. He ate a moorhen that a rat had pulled from a river. Rather than spend money for repairs, he allowed his spacious country mansion to become uninhabitable. A near relative once stayed at his home in the country, but the bedroom was in such poor state that the relative was awakened in the night by rain pouring on him from the roof. The relative was forced to move his bed several times until he found a place where he could remain dry. And on remarking about what happened to Elwes in the morning, John Elwes said, I don't mind it myself. That's a nice corner in the rain. His biographer, a man named Edward Topham, knew him very well. And he said, according to one historian, John even, quote, complained bitterly of the birds, robbing him of so much hay with which to build their nests, end quote. Uh, he also goes on to say even Elwes's health was limited by expense. In common with many misers, he distrusted physicians, preferring to treat himself in order to save paying for one. 
He once badly cut both legs while walking home in the dark, but would only allow the apothecary to treat one. Placing a bet with a doctor, wagering the doctor's fee that the untreated limb would heal first. Well, guess what? Elwes won, and the doctor had to forfeit his fee. Elwes also bore a wound from a hunting accident. Legend has it that one day he was out shooting with a gentleman who was a particularly bad shot. This same man accidentally fired through a hedge, lodging several shot in the miser's cheek. With great embarrassment and concern, the gentleman approached Elwes to apologize, but Elwes, anticipating the apology, held out his hand and said, My dear sir, I congratulate you on improving. I thought you would hit something in some time. When his parliamentary career was over, Elwes devoted his full energies to being a miser as he moved about among his many properties. So as his neglected estates or at these neglected estates, you know, he continued to forbid repairs and he joined his tenants in post-harvest gleaning and sat with his servants in the kitchen to save the cost of a fire elsewhere. Even on the coldest day of winter, he was known to sit fireless at his meals, saying that exercising through eating was exercise enough to keep him warm. If a stable boy put out hay for a visitor's horse, Elwes would sneak out and remove it. And in his last years, he had no real fixed abode, and he frequently shifted his residence between unrented London properties in the neighborhood of Marlebone, seeking out the ones which were temporarily unoccupied. A couple of beds, a couple of chairs, a table, and an old woman, as he called her, that's a housekeeper, were said to be all of his furnishings. And this same housekeeper was known to frequently catch colds because there were never any fires and often no glass in the windows. Now, this practice nearly cost Elwes his life when he fell desperately ill in one of those houses and no one could find him. Only by chance was he rescued. His nephew, Colonel Timms, wanted to see him. And he was asking around and trying to find him. He was inquiring in vain at Elwes's banker and other places. And a boy selling pots on the street said, Oh yeah, he saw an old beggar go into a stable at one of Elwes's uninhabited houses. So Timms knocked on the door. But when no one answered, he sent for a blacksmith and had the lock forced open on the door. And according to the author, Edward Walford, <laughs> when they entered the place, they found something really terrible and shocking. Do you think this story is going to have a good ending? Uh, I'll tell you the rest of it when we come back from this break. The story of the real Ebenezer Scrooge, John Elwes. And I want to remind you before we hit this break that I have some very special projects coming up. Some experiments that you can participate in. I have got some uh, new products that I'm going to be presenting soon. 
but I won't be sharing that stuff through the podcast. I have very limited time on the podcast. If you want to stay updated, there's only one way to do it. You've got to go to my website, joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P if you go to joshuapwarren.com and you'll see right there on the front a little free e-newsletter, little submission bank. And you put your email address in there and you hit submit. Takes you two seconds and boom, you will instantly receive an automated email from me that's got some links to some really cool free stuff that will help you bring in more money will help you see things on the other side. I'm telling you, it can change your life. And then you will stay informed about the cool projects that I have up and coming. JoshuaPWarren.com. Get the free e-newsletter. You are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. And with the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. Head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, 
the Apollo Jim murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. And I'm telling you the story of the real Ebenezer Scrooge, John Elwes, and of course, here is the situation in which his nephew, Colonel Timms, is trying to find John Elwes, and he nobody can figure out where he is, and a boy selling pot says, I saw some old beggar going to this stable over here at this uninhabited house, and that was one of Elwes's houses, so anyway... So Colonel Timms, the, the nephew there, he got a blacksmith. They, uh, they, they broke in there. And it says in the lower part of the house, all was shut and silent. But on ascending the stairs, they heard the moans of a person seemingly in distress. They went to the chamber and there was an old pallet bed where they found Mr. Elwes, apparently in the agonies of death. For some time, he seemed quite insensible. He remained in this condition until some, quote, cordials could be administered by a neighboring apothecary. And after he had sufficiently recovered, Elwes stated he believed he'd been ill for two or three days and that there was an old woman in the house, a maid, but for some reason or other that she had not been near him and that she had been ill herself. So he supposed she must have recovered and gone away. Upon searching the premises, however, Tim's and the apothecary found the woman stretched lifeless on the floor, having apparently been dead in there for days. So, <laughs> oh, what a scene, right? The old man is lying there in this old drafty, creaky, wet, damp house sick doesn't even know there's a dead woman lying there nearby for days anyway toward the end of his life elwes grew feverish and restless 
hoarding small quantities of money in different places, continually visiting all the places of deposit to see that they were safe. He began suffering from delusions, fearing he would die somehow in poverty. In the night, he was heard struggling with imaginary robbers crying, I will keep my money, I will, don't rob me. And when someone would ask him who was there, Elwes would say, Oh, sir, I beg your pardon. My name is Elwes. I have been unfortunate enough to be robbed in this house, which I believe is mine, of all the money I have in the world of five guineas and a half and a crown. The family doctor was sent for, and looking at the dying miser, he was heard to remark, quote, that man with his original strength of constitution and lifelong habits of temperance might have lived 20 years longer, but for his continual anxiety about money, end quote. So upon his death there, uh, says even his barrister who drew up his will was forced to undertake his writings in the firelight by the dying man's bedside in order to save the cost of a candle. The famed miser was uh, also known to sleep in the same worn garments he wore during the day. He was discovered one morning between the sheets with his tattered shoes on his feet and an old torn hat on his head and a stick in his hand. And it was in that condition that he died on the 26th of November of 1789. His burial took place in a, an area called Stoke by Clare. And after having lived on only only uh, 50 pounds a year, he left behind 500,000 pounds, which in today's money is about $100 million. Can you believe that? That this guy lived that life when he had $100 million at his disposal. And, uh, he, he, so he left that hundred million dollars to his two sons who were born out of wedlock, George and John. And he loved both of them, but he would not educate them, believing that, quote, putting things into people's heads is the sure way to take money out of their pockets, end quote. And, uh, he also left some money to, uh, to his nephew. His, Friend and biographer Mr. Topham said, quote, his public character lives after him pure and without stain. In private life, he was chiefly an enemy to himself. To others, he lent much. To himself, he denied everything. But in the pursuit of his property or in the recovery of it, I have not in my remembrance one unkind thing that was ever done by him, end quote. And on a side note, just in case you've been wondering, uh, the famous actor, Carrie Elwes, who played the lead in The Princess Bride, fantastic movie, he's actually a descendant of John Elwes. So, you see, even though John Elwes was apparently not as mean as Scrooge, he obviously was a great framework for a character who is obsessed with the superficial material world. And in one way or another, he suffered in the end, just as Scrooge would have, if not for the intervention of the three spirits on Christmas Eve. And it is easy 
easy to look at people like John Ellis and roll our eyes and look down on him. But just remember what Jacob Marley said. He was the tortured ghost of Scrooge's greedy old business partner, you know, dragging those heavy chains and money boxes. And he says in the story, I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard of my own free will and of my own free will. I wore it. Would you know the ghost asked Scrooge the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself? It was as full and heavy and long as this seven Christmas Eves ago. You have labored on it since. It is a ponderous chain. So now, I must ask each of you, my dear listeners, to uh, pause for a moment and uh, imagine your own invisible chain that you have fashioned link by link throughout your life. We all have one. But it may never be too late to cut that chain down a lot to be a better, kinder, more understanding and humble person to be grateful for all the good things in your life and never take them for granted. Because if you're not careful and you give in to the negative judgmental forces and opinions all around you, that chain may drag you further and further down all the way to hell. So this is a good time for you to pause. Think about that. Cut that chain. Raise your vibration. Smile. Tell everyone you love them. Mean it. Do something good for someone. And the spirits of the holiday season and Christmas and all that will only bring you wonderful rewards to be revealed in the coming year time to set the tone isn't that a great true story a great thing to think about you know it seems all of the lessons of the holidays are told through weird stories have you ever thought really about that we have elves flying reindeer a man who slides down your chimney with gifts and he loves to eat your milk and cookies, by the way. We have the old Krumpus, who is the opposite of Santa. And he's a great horned demon that will come to your house if the kids are bad and drag them away and eat them. We have kissing under the mistletoe, chopping down a tree and bringing it into the house, uh, which is really based on the pagan worship of nature. But of course, the dominant theme is that one night long ago, a UFO, the star of Bethlehem, appeared over a small town where a divine baby was born, a virgin of God on earth, who would have magical and miraculous powers, and angels drift around the whole time. <laughs> I mean, it's almost too much. When you start digging into this idea of strange holiday stories, it's almost too much. Where do I begin? 
Well, I don't know how much I can get to in one podcast. Um, <laughs> I'll probably have to talk more in an upcoming podcast about some of these things that I find so intriguing. But I figure in this one, in this particular show, I want to give you at least one truly personal, bizarre, paranormal story that I have related to Christmas and Santa Claus. And also it ties into one of my favorite subjects, tulpas. Yeah, it's... Whenever people ask me about whether or not Santa's real and I tell them about this experiment that I did, they think it's going to be a really fun story, but it ends up kind of creeping everybody out. I'll tell you what the story is when we come back. I am Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Hey, folks, it's easier than ever to become a Coast to Coast AM insider and have access to past shows, the Art Bell Vault with classic audio and interviews, and so much more. And you can listen to the show live or on demand with your computer or cell phone, and the audio streams are high quality and crystal clear. It's easy to become an insider. Just head on over to coasttocoastam.com, the website, and you'll find all the info right there. That's coasttocoastam.com, coasttocoastam.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. 
I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. Years ago, I sent out one of my free e-newsletters, which goes out to thousands of people all around the world. And I said, I want to ask all of you a question, and I'm serious. This is not a joke. Do any of you believe you actually have seen Santa Claus? And I had no idea what reaction I would get. And I was quite amazed when I got a flood of emails from adults who said, as an adult, I saw Santa Claus, not as a kid. I mean, there were some of those as well, but people saying as an adult, and they told me about seeing the uh, Santa in the sleigh with the reindeer flying across the sky. And they talked about uh, seeing him in the living room. Now, you know, and some people getting scared to death, thinking somebody broke into their houses. I mean, like the stories went on and on. And I, I thought this must be a great example of, of some kind of a tulpa. And, and, you know, a tulpa is you've heard me talk about this before. A tulpa is a thought form. Basically, it is an image of some kind that either one person focuses on intensely over a long period of time or a bunch of people focus on intensely for maybe even a shorter period of time. And they the focus is so intense that somehow it becomes a projection that is objectified, externalized, almost like some kind of a movie in the environment. And many strange and paranormal things may be the product of this. It's it's an impression almost like hacking into reality and creating your own cartoon or something like that. An externalized thought form, and sometimes they can seem conscious and interactive, and sometimes they don't. And, and so, like, okay, let's say, for example, Superman. I think most people in the world know what Superman is supposed to look like and what he sounds like and how he behaves. And if I said draw a picture of Superman, anybody could draw a picture of Superman. So Superman 
is a kind of tulpa, uh, but he's not a very strong one because we all know Superman is not real. We, you know, we've always been told like Superman is fictional. So it never crosses your mind. There's really a Superman out there, but Santa Claus is different because we all have these, these firm images of what Santa is more or less supposed to look like and who he is and how he behaves and his personality and his background. We all, but, but we're also in many cases told for a large part of our lives that, Oh yeah, he's real. This guy is real. And here, all this stuff is real. And many of us believe that for some time. And it's reinforced that he is real when you are a kid and you see he has left these physical gifts in your house and he has eaten the cookies and drank the milk. <laughs> okay. So Santa may be the strongest tulpa you could ever imagine. And I figured, you know what? If people are seeing Santa, and he's this powerful of a tulpa. I'm going to see if I can create a Santa Claus tulpa. And so I did an experiment. I did this in 2015. Lauren, my wife, uh, Lauren is from Texas. That's where all her family are located. And back in 2015, Lauren and I were staying for an extended period of time. I guess it was over a month or something like that out in rural Texas outside of San Antonio uh, on this big ranch that was owned by her mother, Linda. So that's my mother-in-law and then Linda's husband, Dale. Okay. So these are the characters, the main characters in this story. Me and Lauren and myself, we're staying on this ranch in Texas with Linda and Dale, my mother-in-law and father-in-law. Okay. So now this is a big, big Texas ranch with lots of acreage and livestock and a pond and an old cemetery. Uh, I, I mean, the works. This is the, the, everybody always said this place was haunted to begin with because artifacts have been found there. Uh, I think they said Santa Ana went through there. They found old swords and muskets. And so there, there has always been kind of a tradition, that, like some spooky things happen. And I think it's easier to create tulpas at places that are already prone to that kind of activity. So, um, <laughs> all right. So on this property, which was, I don't know, I think it was hundreds of acres, right? Uh, Dale, who was self-employed, he had this uh, trailer that was set up as an office building about a quarter of a mile from their main house. And this is a pretty desolate quarter mile, the kind of thing where, like, if you want to go to the office, you get in the pickup truck and you, you drive down the dirt road past the pond. And then, you know, when you're when you're out there in this trailer, which is the office, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere and you're just surrounded by woods. And at night, it's real dark and spooky out there. And so while we were staying there, um, I, of course, was still working and I was doing a lot of radio stuff where I needed a quiet environment and their main ranch house was not a quiet environment at all. Um, because uh, for one thing, they had a bunch of dogs and, you know, the dogs are always carrying on and then they were very, they're very social. So people were always coming and going. 
And I, I said, look, I, there are times where I just need to go out here and they gave me that office a quarter mile away in the woods for me to just go out. And there was a, a bed and a kitchen. And I, sometimes I'd just stay there for a few days. Like, you know, that's where I would kind of live because I'd be doing these radio shows in the middle of the night at all hours of the day. So it was not uh, uncommon for me to be uh, in that isolated situation. So I decided, you know what? This might be a good time. This is around the holidays. So it might be a good time for me to try to create a Santa Claus tulpa. Uh, Lauren and I, we were at the San Antonio Mall. We walked into the store and they had this very elaborate 10 inch Santa Claus doll on a stand. And I thought that would be the perfect focal point for me to try to create my Santa Claus tulpa. So we bought it. And then whenever I was out in that building by myself, very quiet, again, very, very eerie, spooky out there at night, I would have that Santa Claus doll sitting there. And every time I would notice it, I would sit there for a second and I'd think about Santa being real. Come to me, Santa. Manifest Santa. Welcome Santa. I would imagine Santa Claus being there. Sometimes I would use my Tibetan emos and I'd put them over my eyes to meditate and bring me into a more psychic state. If you don't know what Tibetan emos are, go to my curiosity shop at joshuapwarren.com and you'll see these little things you can put over your eyes that bring you into a more psychic meditation state. And I, I hope that maybe one day I wouldn't only see this topa, but also I might be able to photograph it. Right. So anyway, I did this for a long time, I don't know, probably well, I don't know, over a week, maybe a couple weeks. I can't remember exactly. And finally, I had a day or two off without any kind of radio work. So Lauren and I, we decided to drive to Austin which is about an hour and 10 minutes away. There's a lot of cool stuff there. They have the Museum of the Weird, the guy who runs that place. He's really cool. He's a friend of mine. And there are some cool oddity shops and some old saloons and like, you know, a lot of cool stuff like that. So we, we spend our time in Austin and then we got back pretty late uh, that night to the ranch out, outside of San Antonio. And like again, this is a very rural area. And um, it was probably close to midnight. So when we got into the main ranch house, everybody was asleep except for Lauren's mom, Linda. So uh, Dale was already asleep in like his, you know, the main bedroom. He's one of those guys, you know, he would wear a cowboy hat and get up early in the morning and go out and wrangle things out. And so, uh, so Lauren and I, we're standing there in the kitchen kind of get, you know, creating a, a little late night snack or meal for ourselves. And Lauren's mom comes in there and we're all, we're just chatting in the kitchen. And again, this is almost at midnight. And then all of a sudden the phone rings and Lauren's mom, Linda goes, Oh, that's weird. I wonder who would be calling this late, but the phone was answered. She assumed, well, you know, Dell was an entrepreneur, so you never knew what he had going on. So anyway, the the phone rang, and so then, like a couple minutes later, Dale has he's woken up and he has come out of the bedroom, and he walks into the kitchen, and he said, "What just happened?" 
What's going on? And we said, what are you talking about? He said, I just got a call from 911. He said that they got a call from the trailer on the back of the property. Now, does this, now this might want, you know, this, this might give you goosebumps a little bit because think about this. There are four people on this property, on this big ass property. Okay. There is myself, Lauren, Lauren's mom, Linda, and her husband, Dale, and we're all standing in the kitchen. And yet someone has placed a 911 call from this building where I'm doing all this Tulpa manifestation work out on the back of the property. So I decided to drive out there by myself to see what was going on. When we come back from this break, I'll tell you the rest of the story. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be back after these important messages. Men and women can have an excess of 100,000 hairs. Unfortunately, before hair loss is noticed, that number drops nearly in half. But it is by no means too late. Easy to apply Reveal from Dr. Nathan Newman uses stem cell technology and natural ingredients to revitalize the appearance of your hair for the fuller look you remember. Here's Dr. Newman. A lot of people with hair problems have come up to me showing me pictures after two months of use, after three months of use of the Reveal serum on their scalp, showing me dramatic improvement in the quality of their hair, volume of their hair, and one of the people was a woman who had lost her hair and was really thinned out. She was wearing wigs and covering it up. She was very self-conscious about it. She used it for about six months and she came to me with a big smile, nothing covering her hair. And she goes, look, you gave me my life back. And that's really why I do what I do is because I want to change people's lives for the better. And these stories give me the inspiration to go forward and develop new things. Hair loss, hereditary or not, increases with age. In fact, by age 50, roughly half of us have noticeable hair loss. It's time to get on board with Reveal for women and men. And only at HealthyLooking.com can you get Reveal with free smart delivery shipping by simply entering discount code GEORGE at checkout. Easy to use Reveal at HealthyLooking.com or order by phone at 800 604-3129, 24-7 at 800-604-3129. Gently revitalize your hair's appearance for a fuller look with Reveal from HealthyLooking.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren. And when Dale found out that Larn was fine and Linda was fine and I was fine, he said, all right, just went back to bed. We could have just left it at that. But I thought to myself, well, how could I say I'm worth my weight in salt <laughs> as a paranormal investigator if I don't get in a pickup truck out there tonight? You know, now it's after midnight, you know, and drive out to this old dark building and see what's happening. Because the most likely explanation is not that Santa Claus has manifested. The most likely explanation is that someone has broken into that building and that perhaps uh, 
something bad is happening in this building. But I had to find out. So the ladies were like, oh, you're crazy. I got into the truck and trust me, this is Texas. And there were a lot of guns at my disposal, but I was unarmed. And so I go driving on this cold, dark night across, you know, slowly across this dirt road. And, you know, the headlights hit the trailer there. It's all dark. I get out of the truck. I stand there for a minute. I sort of listen. I don't hear anything weird. So I crept over and I walked up the old creaky wooden steps and the door was locked. So I unlocked it and I walked in there with a flashlight. The first thing my flashlight hit was the little Santa Claus doll there. And I went all around with the flashlight and I did not see anything that was out of place. And so then I walked up to that Santa Claus doll and I shined that flashlight right on him. And I said, you called 911, didn't you? You want attention. So now is your chance. Show yourself, Santa. Show yourself. You are commanded. But it was a perfectly quiet, peaceful night. Santa never appeared. And I never got that photo I was hoping for. But you know what? Afterward, that building was and continues to be the site of weird phenomena. The lights turn on and off by themselves. Uh, voices are heard. I, I think I made some progress just doing my own little work, my own little project there, trying to conjure up Santa Claus. And even though I may not have fully materialized Santa Claus there, I want all of you to join in on a little experiment. All right. I want all of you to recreate some version of the experiment that I did at your own home. Make it a family event. You know, you all continue all season long. Get a picture of Santa. Get a doll of Santa. Get a rendition of Santa. Sit around, focus on Santa and see if you can make Santa manifest and let me know what happens. Just go to joshuapwarren.com to email me. You'll find my email address on the homepage. Are you going to have any luck conjuring up Santa Claus? You know, I mentioned that Santa likes to eat milk and cookies. It's really weird. I lived in Puerto Rico, of course, for years. And Puerto Rico has one of the longest celebration seasons of any um of any place in the world when it comes to Christmas time. I mean, they celebrate Christmas way after January 1st. I mean, like they have what they call three Kings day where guys dress up like the three wise men and they ride around town on camels. If they, if they got them and um, the night before, instead of leaving milk and cookies, kids leave hay under their bed to feed the camels. 
That's what they do. And then in the morning, the hay has been eaten and they have presents under their bed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, in our next show, I'm going to share just some more weird, you know, holiday stuff like that with you because we are almost out of time. In fact, I want to go ahead and see if I can squeeze uh, squeeze an email in here at least. I haven't. I don't think I got to read an email last time. Just so much to talk about. All right, how about this one? Um, This came from a man in California named Phil. He says, Mr. Warren, something interesting happened to me back in the early 1960s. Now, I will go ahead and give you a heads up. If you are a fisherman, you might really want to pay attention to this. Okay, he says, I had flattened two copper pennies until they were almost as thin as writing paper. And then I used my BB gun to shoot holes in the middle of each of them. I put a lot of effort into putting the holes in them. My dad took me fishing with him on the Sacramento River, just southwest of Sacramento, California. I took out of my pocket one of the two flattened pennies and threw it as hard as I could into the river next to the dock. We got into the boat and went fishing on the river. I was the only one who caught a fish. It was huge, almost a two foot long fish. And after that, my dad never took me fishing again. How did I know that giving a coin with a round hole in it would trade for a big fish? Somehow I just knew that doing this would work. I never did it again, but I do remember the prayer that General Patton had the minister write and the negotiation for good weather from finding your magic. Perhaps for me, it was for the fish. <laughs> That's an interesting story, isn't it? And of course, he's referring to my uh, finding your magic ebook there. I've never heard that before, that uh, if you have a coin that you flatten out and put a hole in the center and toss it in the water. It'll be good luck and you can catch a fish. So if you have the ability to try that out, let me know. I, you know, it's, it's funny because people, they contact me sometimes and, and everybody sort of assumes that I'm going to know uh, every lucky thing to do in the world. And, uh, some people contact me and they say, I've heard that if you take two walnuts and a stick and put them in your pocket, that that will attract money. And, and good, good fortune. And I've heard this over and over, but I don't know anything about that. I don't know where it comes from. And then, uh, then a guy emailed me the other day and he said that, uh, he found the, uh, some buckeyes and that, uh, the carrying a buckeye with you is also supposed to be lucky. And that goes back to some of the traditions. Of course, you know, the buckeye state is Ohio, but, Chestnuts look a lot like Buckeyes, and so people would often take a chestnut or a Buckeye and sort of carry it around with them. And uh, so, I don't know, It's there are certain things that people fixate on that bring them good fortune. And I I think that that might be a cool thing for me to also talk about as we get closer to, to the new year this year, because, you know, how people, they eat black-eyed peas, and they say that that's Good luck. I mean, maybe I'll dig a little bit into some lucky things because we all want to have a good, lucky new year ahead of us. 
And even if the world is not always the best place, if you can make your own life good and your own circle of friends and family good and your own community good, well, that's pretty darn good, isn't it? That is why, as usual, I'm going to end the show for you. I don't always do this, but I'm going to play the good fortune tone for you. Uh, and when you hear this, I want you to realize this is not something that you can just only listen to and close your eyes and take a deep breath and, 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 and enjoy. But a lot of people, I keep telling you this now, they take uh, a beverage, especially, I mean, just plain old water is probably the best thing, but who knows? Got to experiment. And they put it in, right in front of the speaker and they let this beverage absorb the frequency of the good fortune tone. And then after that, they drink the beverage. It doesn't have to be immediately, but they drink the beverage at some point and they say that it replenishes them and brings them energy and it just, it makes it even more powerful. You can feel it going into every cell of your body. So if you've never done that before, maybe this is the time you give it a try. So more interesting stories for you next time. But for now, here is the good fortune tone. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.